Hello and welcome back to London Coronavirus Podcast, a daily offering brought to you by two Londoners looking to make sense of the utterly surreal, one day at a time. On the podcast today, we had Cristiano Ronaldo, sleep expert, as well as Dream Analysis, Stefan Asina, Coronavirus Kindness, and so much more. I was joined today for pod number 24, ladies and gentlemen, by a man who surely only places his head on 1,000 thread count Egyptian cotton, Mr. James Ware. James, tonight's edition of London Coronavirus Podcast is enough to keep anyone awake until dawn, and if I can humbly say so myself, it was a crackerjack of a pod. Yeah, that was strangely paradoxical, Dave, that our sleep special was so interesting that I'm genuinely the most awake that I've been all day. But I promise our listeners that once they finish listening to this, they will have all the top tips they need to ensure that they can get their beauty sleep even in this not necessarily most beautiful of setups that we're all experiencing right now. And of course, as you know by now, we are here every single day on London Coronavirus Podcast. Enjoy the pod. James, I wanted to start today by talking about the high-level editorial decisions that go on at London Coronavirus Podcast HQ. Now... We're on pod 24, James, and today, April the 9th, was, it was probably the first time when there was a genuine kind of creative crossroads. And I know we're usually, we're usually pinging messages to each other throughout the day and we calibrate our ideas kind of late afternoon with, I'd say, James, a good 95% agreement uh, as a kind of approximate in every day. But about mid-afternoon today, there was, a, there was a genuine WhatsApp standoff because we couldn't quite decide whether, well, we couldn't decide, could we, whether this podcast should sit as kind of two siestas in two days or one big REM deep sleep bonanza of an extended pod. And I think it just represents really just what a mouthwatering topic sleep is, especially in troubled times, and that it elicited such strong views on both sides. And James, it's a big old topic. It's a fun topic, but also a very important one too. So the obvious place to start is how did you sleep last night, my friend? I slept very sloppily, to be honest, Dave. I stayed up <laughs> late last night binge-watching Sunderland Till I Die, season two, which is not the perfect dream primer <laughs> since it's the stuff of footballing nightmares. And then I had to get up quite early this morning before I started work for a boys' breakfast with a couple of friends of mine, kind of going for an alternative video call approach to the Saturday night drink. So I'm not sure it's necessarily going to catch on whatever technology they bring to get up to speed with it. But it was a lovely start today. But man, I didn't get that many hours in. And the irony wasn't lost on me today, preparing for our sleep special, that I was actually pretty exhausted and struggling to get things done. But it did mean that I could be the guinea pig for today's show. And when I took on our tips from one of the world's leading sleep experts this afternoon, I just got that particular clip through and I was like, you know what, I'm going to test this out. And I went for my polyphasic sleep debut. And I have to say that my day just took on a whole different dimension ready to record the pod. So it's been product tested today's podcast and I can 
assure you that these tips do indeed work. So one of the slightly more unusual tasks that my sleep-deprived brain tried to wrap itself around today, Dave, was, as I mentioned on our pandemic purchases Mm. last week, I'd ordered a pasta maker that we've got sitting here. It's like having a new car in the garage, like this stainless steel sleek. It's like glistening in this early summer sunshine today, (laughs) almost blindingly, in fact. It probably needs to go in the cupboard. But it's out there. There's only one catch. You need to really make the premium pasta I'm looking to recreate while all restaurants are closed. You need this particular kind of flour that's called Italian Tipo OO flour. And it's okay. not quite, it's not like as snazzy as it sounds, right? Like most major supermarkets seem to do their own brand version of this. So it's quite commonplace as culturally specific ingredients go. Anyway, flour is one of the hardest things to come by right now. I think everyone in England must have decided that this is the year that they're going to bake their own hot cross buns to pass a bank holiday weekend when you're not allowed to go anywhere. And everywhere I've gone, the flower shelves are empty. In fact, if you want somewhere to hide something in London right now, your nearest supermarket flower shelf is about as good a bet as anywhere. So I've been looking everywhere for any kind of flower, let alone this very specific Italian flower. And today I suddenly have this brainwave, one of my few today, that... If I went on my phone and looked on Deliveroo, they're doing grocery deliveries now. So I started looking for premium flower deliveries. And the funniest thing is, when you Google next day flower delivery, flour as in the baking ingredient, Google still hasn't caught up with the times and just can't fathom that this could possibly be what you actually want. It's constantly trying to autocorrect you to, are you sure you didn't mean next day flower delivery and deliver loads of bouquets? Which would be really nice for most bank holiday weekends, but aren't going to be that useful in my pasta maker unless I get really innovative on gluten-free pasta recipes that are using actual, like, daffodils that I don't think that that's going to be the solution so in a really weird twist I looked up and this shop I'd never heard of and couldn't find anywhere on Google was delivering Italian fresh made cuisine so I did a little bit of detective work and discovered that this is an Italian restaurant that's closed and they're obviously trying to do this to survive so I called the restaurant got through and tried in a kind of mafia behind the scenes tap-up approach to secure some of this elusive pasta flour. Anyway, it turned out that they weren't making their own pasta on the site. They're actually just supplying it to people. So I haven't had any luck and I've had to resort to tapping up flour dealers today. But it was definitely one of those moments where I was like, how on earth, particularly before a big back holiday weekend, how has this become an actually quite legitimate use of my weekend preparation time, trying to track down illicit flower suppliers. I'm going to have to go to my nearest windmill soon. I love the fact, James, that Corona life 
has kind of outpaced the internet. Like it just can't, the algorithms can't work with the fact that you genuinely meant next day flower deliver, not the bouquet variety. I think that's fantastic. And also the fact that you're kind of slipping into the dark web to to acquire some flour is just absolutely amazing. But uh, well, flour is one of those items, as you say, that at the moment it's just it's just hard to get your hands on. But when you do, that pasta maker is primed and ready to go, and I'm expecting something special. Thanks, man. The search engine algorithms can't keep up, but we here at London Coronavirus Podcast most certainly can. Amen. <laughs> direct impacts that I know loads of people have been feeling with the lockdown recently has been how difficult it has suddenly been to sleep and you can see why right suddenly we're spending almost all our day in one space we're not going outside and getting as much exercise as we normally would so it's massively stressful emotionally draining situation you don't need a PhD in sleep science to be able to (laughs) think why this might be the case. But solving how you can sleep better is something that really is requiring the very top experts to give their recommendations on. And luckily enough for you today here on London Coronavirus Podcast, we've been blessed by a few of those. And first up, We've got a man who, if top sports stars are playing at the theatre of dreams, he is the dream director. Yes, this is none other than elite sport sleep coach, Nick Littlehales. Now, Nick has worked with the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo, personally coaching them on how they can maximise their sleep and their sleep recovery to perform better. He also worked with the England football team at major tournaments, the London 2012 Olympic cycling team. He worked for Sir Alex Ferguson at Manchester United. And now he's worked with London Coronavirus Podcast. So here are Nick's top tips for how you can sleep better during the lockdown. Happy to be supporting the uh, LC pod. Uh, my name is Nick Littlehouse. I'm an elite sports sleep coach. So my advice would be, number one, tap circadian rhythms into your browser. Just try and look at all of these fascinating things about human beings, the circadian rhythms, the sun going around our planet, and our relationship with light, dark, and temperature. Try to start the process of resyncing yourself with that process. It's a great opportunity to do it. Number two, Download a free light meter app from the App Store, a Lux light meter, and start to check out your exposure to light. Underexposure, overexposure, indoors, outside, because the human being would have an average of 10,000 lux. That's an average of 10,000 lux for us to operate, you know, according to all bodily functions. So see what's going on in your world as far as light is concerned. Number three, identify your chronotype. You might be a night person, you might be a morning person. It's a little generic twist. So start to align your everyday more to your chronotype. Do things at times when it feels the best time for you to do it. Number four, 
Human beings have always slept in what's called a polyphasic way, a multiphasic way, not just in one block at night. So try to organize your everyday, looking at lots of little distracted breaks, little two, five minutes, CRPs as we call them, or naps, little 20, 30 minutes. Because the biggest worry, the biggest disruptor for sleep is worrying about sleep. So take the opportunity away. It's difficult with all the things going on at this moment in time, but take the pressure off, think multiphasic, think chronotype, think circadian rhythms, and think light exposure. That will help you enormously. Bye for now, Nick. Wow. James, that was absolutely awesome. And I've got to say, one of the things about doing this podcast is I'm just so continually impressed by the ability of experts to condense decades of infield knowledge, experience, wisdom and expertise into about two or three minutes of WhatsApp audio. I think it's an unbelievable gift. And listen, that, you know, that is from someone who's worked with some of the most elite sports men and women on the planet. So do do re-listen to that because it's definitely worth it. And I've actually personally been obsessed with sleep, James, since I read a book uh, called Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker, who actually you mm. tried to get on the pod as well. Uh, but I think he's taking a sabbatical or something, probably snoozing <laughs> somewhere in Bali. But no, I thought that was absolutely, I thought that was fantastic. And, and uh, yeah, there was an awful lot of good to take from that. Yeah, completely like super coach to the superstars there and never really more valuable to people than now when it sounds like we've got all these pressures on our sleep, but it also makes such a huge difference to cope with this new situation that we're all confronting together. And I particularly enjoyed hearing the phrase polyphasic for the first mm. time you know before even at the beginning of a podcast we'd spoken about are you a napper or not but now i i'm not someone who naps dave i'm just someone who's polyphasic <laughs> which makes me sound kind of like a sleep swinger like i'm into this kind of alternative sleep setup and i like that so no more nap shaming henceforth I, i'm just going to be polyphasing it <laughs> Nighttime at the moment can feel a little bit like some kind of sleeping, it's a knockout obstacle course. Because even if you get through the first hurdle of going to sleep, everyone I know has been having these completely whacked out dreams. Yeah. Like these really <laughs> trippy, strange dreams. I know I have. I've had ones that even like straight after I wake up and know exactly what happened, I'm like, what the heck was going on there? And so, Dave and I decided to reach out to a leading dream analyst to get some of you, our legendary listeners, dreams analysed. Now, normally in the show, people send in how they're living the Quarren dream, what they're doing to turn being stuck at home into something much more idyllic and productive. Today, we've got how people are actually quarantine dreaming at night. <laughs> it's a very literal take on the theme. So we picked a few of the weirdest and wackiest dreams that we were sent and passed them on to Carol Murray, top dream analyst, to see if she could tell us what the heck is going on in our subconscious during this very, very strange time. So 
over to our in-house Dream Whisperer, Dave, with Dream One. Well, I did invite a lot of people, James, to send in their dreams. Some I couldn't read out, but, but some I certainly can. And this first one, James, was from my friend, let's call him Liam. And his was nice and simple, but pretty dynamic as well. And he said this, had a dream last night, I was on a beach and there was a tsunami. Let's hear what Carol has to say about that one. Your dreams that you've asked me to interpret are really interesting. Now, the first one you asked me to look at was the one where the dreamer was on a beach and there was a tsunami. This is a very graphic and accurate description of what's going on for mankind at the moment. This virus is literally like a tsunami as it overwhelms each nation in turn. When you dream this sort of dream, you're tapping into a, a collective unconscious where dreams like this come up. For you, the tsunami represents you feeling overwhelmed as everything is washed away that was normal. And as I said, it also represents the fears that is flooding everybody on the planet at the moment. Well, what I, well, I was fascinated from Carol, but what, what I thought was great, James, is yes, the tsunami will wash away everything that was normal in your life, but the nature of waves is that they come back in, right? Like the tides. So even though everything at the moment that's normal has been washed away, you'd like to hope that everything we will be washed back. And I mean, I've had some pretty messed up dreams the last two or three weeks, uh, but a tsunami, I think, sums it all up. Yeah, I feel like individually we're all trying to surf the tsunami, aren't we? We're like nice. one of those big wave riding <laughs> videos that you see on YouTube where it's like someone being dragged onto one of those world record-breaking waves by a jet ski <laughs> and they're getting on there and you're like, the camera pans out, like the helicam zooms out and you're like, oh my God, that's a, that's a very small human on a <laughs> very, very large wave. I feel that's all of us individually right now. And... I'm going to be honest, speaking for myself, occasionally I've fall, fallen off the wave, Dave, and, and taken some pretty hard face plants. It, it turns out that that wave can be like concrete after all, the water when you hit it that fast. But yeah, I can see that. Weird how much wave imagery there's been. We had someone describing the kindness around the world quite yeah. early on in this as an emotional Mexican wave around the world. So maybe there's this kind of wave of kindness to counteract this wave of fear. There's this wave off, if you will, <laughs> like a Mexican wave going two ways around the stadium. But yeah, I, I can see that from Carol. I never would have thought when we were sent that dream of it like that, but it's definitely on something. The second dream that we were sent, James, was from my friend, let's call him Omar. And he said this, I dreamt the other night, Zoe and I had a baby. The baby grew like seven foot in a few weeks. Let's see what Carol has to say about this one. I've also noticed a repeating pattern in dreams with regard to the virus, where we associate the virus with death. But at the same time, the second repeating pattern is one of birth. And this is revealed 
in the second dream you sent to me. And the dream is, I dreamt the other night that Zoe and I had a baby and the baby grew like seven feet in a few weeks. I assume Zoe is the partner of the dreamer and having a new baby is the birth of something new coming from this pandemic. Your dream brings hope as a new beginning, a new way of living that will open up to you, the dreamer, and to everyone, which will be for the greater good of us and will be far better than what we had before. Hence, the seven-foot baby. Fantastic. Really hopeful interpretation of that dream as well. And I... I thought the fact that the baby's so big represented the fact that post-corona life might be quite spectacular, James. I found that very comforting. And it was also, this is slightly off tangent, but some of my own dreams recently that have been about captivity, and that's probably not just watching the Tiger King, that's probably to do with, you know, being locked up inside as we are. But I'm hoping that when we start to see the light, probably in late April, early May, my dreams will, um, will change accordingly. But what did you think of that one? The second one? Yeah. I know loads of people that I've spoken to about this and seen comments of online. Loads of people were talking about not emerging out of this experience the same person, even Mm. really early on, even in the first few days of this. So the way that Carol was reading into that and seeing that playing out on a broader scale, kind of on the big screen of life, Mm. this being like the end of one thing, the birth of another thing, Yeah, I I can totally see it. And I'm really intrigued that she's spotted that as a pattern really broadly right now. Like, it seems odd that we asked our loyal listeners for some dream contributions. And actually, when I spoke to her immediately, she was like, these are so interesting. They reflect exactly what's going on right now. So even just in a straw poll of people's dreams, it seems really crazy that we've hit these big themes and that, Maybe it's kind of reassuring to us all if you are having these whacked out dreams that actually there's probably more in common with other people's than you'd think, actually, as Carol's pointing out, there's some big themes at play here. So a third and final dream that Carol's interpreted for us says, I was held at knife point and robbed of all my jewellery and I tried to enlist my dad to get it back for me but he couldn't. But then I felt really liberated because I realised I could get a whole new collection. Let's see what Carol made of that one. Once again, this dream is reflecting the consequence of the pandemic in the dreamer's personal life. The unknown person holding you at knife point is the virus. It is a stranger, very threatening. This stranger has robbed you of all your jewellery. And your jewellery are all the things that you hold dear in life. Your freedom, your career, your social interaction with others and so on. You try to enlist the help of your father. And the father figure in your dream is the state or the scientists or trying to get a vaccine. These are authority figures. But at this moment in time, they're of not much help. But then comes the realisation that you can create 
a new collection and you are liberated. This is the birth of something new coming into your life and for everyone on the planet. We will all become out of this different and hopefully better human beings. I just love Carol's delivery, James. I love that confidence to pause between analysis. And I think there's, there's something great in that. And what I would like to say, James, is if you do, if you are a listener of London Coronavirus Podcast and you do have a dream that you are desperate to be dissected, then do send it in to me or James. And of course, anonymously, we will pass it on to Carol. And hopefully, if she's got some time, she will further analyse some dreams in the in the days to come. But wow, that was a, that was a fantastic hat-trick of dreams and superbly analysed. Yeah, she really went in deep. If dreams come out of deep sleep, it feels like you've got to go deep on the analysis, kind Mm. of match them at their own game. And I I really thought Carol did that with all of them. You know, that last one, it's weird. I actually had a really strange one where I was also robbed of all my belongings. And then, like, I came back into contact with the people who had robbed them, who were like these anonymous strangers, and they kind of accused me of having robbed. I mean, this is like, they say you should never tell anyone your dreams because they sound (laughs) really boring. I think the next level of that is you should never tell a podcast your dreams because they sound even more boring but it is weird that I had a really similar dream and at the time I just thought that was like oh you know like fear of losing things but actually that makes so much sense to me having dreamt that dream that was like that I can kind of see how that could have reflected how I felt about what was going on and was like early on in the timeline of a lockdown just when I had been deprived of all those things so yeah, some really, really interesting insight from Carol. And if you do want to send in any dreams to us, you can find us on Instagram or Twitter at London CV Podcast on there. Next up on London Coronavirus Podcast, we have the section of the show where we invite our listeners and beyond to come into the confession booth and offload their sins and plenty over the last few days and weeks have come in and certainly taken us up on that offer and today James we have a repeat offender because Stefan is back in business (laughs) (laughs) Stefan the sinner is back for more and James (laughs) Stefan could come back a thousand times and we still wouldn't judge that is our policy here at London coronavirus podcast and especially in the coronavirus confession corner and there's nothing really I can say anymore about Stefan, so I'm just going to let Stefan take it away with his coronavirus confession. Hi, everyone. It's me, Stefan, again. You know me. Um, I have to admit, I'm 38 years old, but recently I've been sleeping with my teddy bear. I love the pause between sleeping with and teddy bear because with Stefan James, you really don't know what's about to happen next. And okay, let's break let, let's break this down logically, James. Stefan, I think we can assume that Stefan lives alone, right? Yeah, I think he's disclosed that information before in his one-man game of confession roulette. And Stefan needs something in bed with him at night and he has a teddy bear. And the fact that Stefan's 38 years of age, well, that's neither here nor there. I mean, I don't begrudge him that teddy bear in a global period of potential loneliness. Yourself? No, 
completely. I'm very much on board. In fact, my girlfriend's got like cuddly dog, and he's he's a steadfast, right? But I have found him very reassuring throughout this particular period. Like, not least, hear me out, not least, because, like, he spends all of his day at home anyway, right? Mm. So I feel like he knows what he's doing. Like, right now, just like on the podcast, we get experts. He is a living expert of spending all your day at home. So even seeing him around, let alone the sleep comfort side that Stefan's going for, just around during the day, I'm like, you know what? He, he, he's been doing this for two decades. Like, he's an absolute pro. So I feel, <laughs> feel like I've got a kind of living expert at this lifestyle. He, he's really what I'm aiming to be in terms of lockdown living. <laughs> James, if you're going to admit to aiming to be a stuffed cuddly toy, then I'm going to clearly have some follow-up <laughs> questions, right? So as a, first of all, how big is this dog? Quite small. He, he featured in my press photo for our dog special, actually, <laughs> okay. So he's yeah. maybe like the size of a bag of flour to use okay. a popular item on today's show. Okay, but he doesn't share the bed with you. He's more of like a guard dog, like a ceremonial statesman-like figure within the flat. Yeah, a bit of both, really. Okay. He's got several key roles. <laughs> he's a key worker. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's he's freelance between different roles around the flat. Now, if you're still struggling to sleep and have made it this far through the podcast, congratulations, you're at the top of our fan club. But we've got some more top tips for you because... Right now, it is a 10 out of 10 challenge to sleep some nights, as I think we're all experiencing. And so we're lucky enough to also be joined today by the founder of the Insomnia Clinic, Catherine Pinkham, who's got some more professional sleeping tips that you can take on board right now to make sure that you have sweet dreams tonight. So the main reasons why people are struggling so much with their sleep at the moment during this lockdown and self-isolation period is um, firstly is obviously anxiety. So anxiety and sleep don't go well at the best of times anyway. Um, and at the moment, people have got a lot to worry about. Um, some people are under you know, real financial pressures uh, and, and you have lots of health worries. So what happens is we tend to try and ignore it during the day or distract ourselves. And then by the time we go to bed at night, um, it's a perfect chance for your brain to sort of kick in um, and either stop you from falling asleep or you'll find that you're awake at 2, 3 a.m. Perhaps you, you, know, you go to the toilet, you get back into bed and you can't get back to sleep because you're, you're thinking and worrying. And the reason this is such a problem is that if we start to spend a lot of time in bed awake and feeling worried or stressed or frustrated, we begin to associate our bed with those kind of feelings. So it's really important that we keep the connection with our bed nice and strong. Um, I've talked about how it's important to try and keep that out of the bedroom and um, don't spend lots of time awake in bed. If you are worried, leave the bedroom if you're feeling anxious and stressed. Don't lie there relating your bed to that. But actually, in terms of managing anxiety, you can be proactive. So every day, 
create a 20 minute window with a pen and paper and I want you to sit down and write down everything that's on your mind. So all the things that you've been ignoring, that you're telling yourself not to worry about or you're trying to distract yourself from. Instead, just let it all let it all um, into the forefront of your mind and write it down. Pen and paper, not onto your phone. Works better with a pen and paper. And the reason this is so therapeutic is it is a way of getting some perspective over the things that you're worried about. So usually when we write it down, we see that we're not worried about loads of things. We've just got a theme of two or three things that we're worried about. You can then divide your list into things that you can control and things that you can't and, and use mindfulness to learn to let go of the things that you can't control. Any thought that starts with what if, what if I lose my job? What if I get Corona? What if somebody I know um, gets ill? These are things that you can only control to a certain extent. So as long as you've got a plan in place and you're doing the recommended advice, after that, we need to let it go. So be kind to yourself. Understand that it's okay to feel worried and stressed at this time, but get into the habit of being proactive about your worries. Find time to think about them, challenge them and let them go rather than allowing nighttime to be that time. And overall, it's okay to accept that at the moment people might be feeling more tired. The more stressed we are, the more tired we feel. Uh, quality of sleep is more important than quantity. You can keep that quality high by making sure your drive is high, your routine is good, you're not spending too much time in bed. But outside of that, don't worry if overall you just feel a bit more tired at the moment. It is normal that when we're feeling more stressed that we would feel tired. Um, Hopefully that advice is something to get started on and will help you. I've got a free sleep webinar, which is free to anybody. It's an hour long um, and that's on the website, theinsomniaclinic.co.uk. And anybody can join that, web, uh, that webinar and I'll give you lots more information and tips about how you can nip it in the bud if your sleep has started to suffer um, or if you've had longer term insomnia, it's going to help with that as well. Thank you. <music>james two things i took from that and there was some very very valuable information there and because i live in a studio it is difficult to uh, to separate my bedroom from my life because it's all in the same place but i've got a kind of mm. japanese minimalist thing going on at the moment where i kind of lift the mattress up and push it against the wall which creates more space and kind of completely puts the bed away and i do think that has made a difference so yeah i, th I think viewing your bed as only a place that you sleep is 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 pretty fundamental and very accurate yeah, we've also all experienced at some point that vicious cycle of not sleeping and then being worried about sleep and not sleeping more. And especially right now with everything else that's going on, I can see how that could really affect people. And I thought that Catherine's advice about noting down what you're actually anxious about was so valuable. At the end of last year, I worked through this really amazing book called The Artist's Way by Ju Julia Cameron. And it's this book on like opening up your creative side, mainly through writing. And one of the key things you do as you work through these 12 weeks of this course is to just write three A4 sides on anything every day, like whatever comes into your head. Wow. You just write and write and then you finish it and don't look at it again like you're done. That's it. And it's amazing. Like, I still use it sometimes. It's amazing how it shifts you energetically. Like just getting some, even with your weirder thoughts down on paper. So I've experienced firsthand like how useful that can be as a tool. And I think in the context of sleep, as Catherine was saying, that strikes me as something that could be really invaluable for people who are having a tough time right now. Coronavirus.
So it's now time for the warm wrap as we speed towards the end of today's podcast, which is coronavirus kindness. And it's come right on cue tonight. Dave and I just paused for the clap for our carers that's happening every Thursday night at 8pm here in the UK. And I don't know about where you are, Dave, but tonight mine was more like a kind of improvised steel band here in Victoria. (laughs) It it was something quite spectacular, a, a real festival feel to it tonight. And I know that some of the people who are struggling the most for sleep, either because they don't have time for it physically with the work they're doing or because the unbelievable amount of stress and strain they're under mentally right now are, of course, the heroes on the front line working for the NHS. And so today's coronavirus kindness was a little one about some people who are helping them, some of the very many people doing something to help them, who are the 1,500 volunteers who have been trained up to man the phones for the NHS's new free mental health hotline. So they've got a phone number, which is 0300 131 or staff can also text FRONTLINE to 85258, and they can get in touch with these volunteers who have been trained to offer them free mental health support, which right now is, a, I mean, it's up there as one of the most incredible things I think you could be doing with your time, Matt, mm, to yep. be able to support the people who, who are really giving up the most right now in that way. So I thought it was only fitting that we salute them tonight on the show. We finish every edition of London Coronavirus podcast with a quote, something to set you up for the day and night to come. And today I've got a quote from Charlotte Bronte. And it is, of course, about our theme of sleep. And there were so many good quotes to choose from, but I've settled on this. A ruffled mind makes for a restless pillow. 